Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. And you're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. We're a few days late uh, with this episode. Uh, Blame me. Uh, First and foremost, I seem to think that I would have a lot of time over the past week, over the course of the holidays, uh, and uh, was completely wrong about that. I needed like an additional two hours per day times seven. So let's round up. I needed an extra day, didn't get that. So yeah, we are a little bit behind, but John and I are here to talk a little bit about uh, something that I think does tend to happen uh, around this time of year and also sort of as we get into the new year, and that is screen time. But before we do, John, uh, welcome back. Glad uh, I didn't scare you away after up an episode. Thank you, sir. Let's try this again. Yeah, and I think, you know, with the Christmas holidays, we have nothing but time until you actually get there, and then we have no time at all. So I don't think it's going to really be blamed for either of us to be a couple days late. Uh, the holidays and the Christmas, it's all crazy. Crazy. Definitely is. Uh, the uh, house here uh, was full of people and gifts, and I need to find a bigger place now. Um, we're going to have to relocate because the amount of stuff, and we talked a little bit about it in the last episode, but the amount of stuff that Baby Force received is unbelievable. Um, okay. Also, uh, Peppa Pig. Uh, pretty much is a is a Peppa Pig themed house right now. Um, she is big into nice. Peppa Pig, and I think that'll actually tie into the topic that we're going to talk about today as we uh, we get into it. And uh, what else? Oh yes, Minnie Mouse. Yes, Minnie Mouse and Peppa Pig. Um, they've gotten together and they've moved in. Now, do the two of them fight each other or anything? Do we have battle royals between Peppa Pig and Minnie Mouse, and you know, just really a throwdown, a showdown, sort of, you know? I'd be, I'd be more interested if that was the case, but no, instead I'm here teasing my daughter as to, you know, is that Peppa Pig? Is that Danny Dog? Is that Susie Sheep? And uh, her explaining to me, no, 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 it's George. Oh, you mean it's it's Danny Pig? Got it. No, it's George. You're get, so silly, Dada. Yeah, and I get far too much joy out of out of it because she takes it so seriously too, right? Like, <laughs> I'm, here I am giving her the gears about whether or not, you know, George is actually George. No, it's it's everything but George. And that's an interesting thing as well, because I remember doing that. And like one day, my son, when he was about two, brought out a Lego figure and he brought out a minifig and he said, what's this guy's name, Dada? And I said, Bob. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then I forgot about it. And then like a year and a half later, he came back and he said, hey, look, Bob's doing this and this and this. And I was like, why are you calling that one Bob? And he said, well, you, you said his name was Bob. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, we've got power here. And with great power comes great responsibility. So you have to remember that when you're naming your Peppa Pig figures. Make sure you get the good names that are going to stick. Yeah, well, it's funny you mention mentioned Bob because uh, when my wife and I were thinking of names for Baby Force, uh, Bob was top of the list, or at least for mine. Uh, the wife kept Bobby Force. It. Yeah, I've been Bob Force, Bobby Force. Yeah. <laughs> Bobarino, Bobaruski, Bobarama. I mean, Bob. Yeah, or, or, or like Ace. Oh, Ace would have been Ace great. Golden. Ace, Ace Golden. Golden, yeah. But uh, no, this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about screen time, as I mentioned. And, and I think, you know, I will be the first to admit it's a tough challenge to deal with. I mean, screens are first and foremost everywhere. I mean, uh, you yep. can't avoid them. Uh, you have a screen on your phone. You have a screen that's probably on a tablet, on a laptop, on a desktop computer, you know, screens on TVs. Heck, you could be sitting at the bus stop and right next to you, is a screen. 
granted, it's, it's trying to funnel advertising to you, but it could very well be a screen. And, you know, there is, I think, some benefit from a technological perspective, but there's also this, this detriment. Like, I, growing up, I did not have a, a screen. Like, I remember... The TV that I had access to is this old black and white setup uh, with an antenna. And I was able to, if I adjusted the dial just right, got CBC. I got KVOS out of Bellingham. And uh, I think it was UTV or CKVU uh, would have been the other one. Those were the sort of three I could get. And, uh, you know, weather dependent and all that jazz. So it wasn't what I wanted to do. I, I'd be outside. I'd be doing something else or reading a book. So just to be clear, was the whole world black and white at that point, or was it was that before the whole world came into color and everything sort of got? So it was during the transitional period when the world had sort of been technicolor. So like you would go outside and like you know things, some things were still gray and other things had color. It was kind of surreal back then. I mean, I'm old. Enough. It was a surreal time, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I remember you know staring at that black and white TV, and if you stare long enough, you could actually see the color. I know it's. You know, total, <laughs> total craziness. Here, but I, I kid you not, I could I could stare long enough and I could see color. Not that I stared. And if you got close enough to it, if you were just like sitting right in front of it with your head against it, and yeah, the radiation yeah. that thing gave off, it made you see color all right. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, we had like I was one of the ones that had a, I had a TV in my bedroom. It was a big old twenty inch thing that is heavier, much heavier than any of the TVs today. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had you know video games and TV access in my bedroom, which is practically unheard of, depending. You're one of those kids. Yeah. Kids like you. So really they were just, my parents were making me go away and go watch TV and play video games. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't do that necessarily here. Um, But yeah, you're right. Screens, it's sort of, you know, Screens are a major thing. They're going to be a major thing for all of our kids' lifetimes. There's always going to be more and more screens around them. It's just, we have to teach them how to use the screens well. What you mentioned, the advertising, we have to sort of make them recognize that, uh, yeah, that picture of a car over there, that's because someone wants you to buy that car and spend that money. Mm-hmm. So you have to really sort of level these things out and think about it. Yeah. The, uh, the thing about, you know, the access to technology and screens is that, and I had sort of said, it's not entirely bad. I mean, there, there are some benefits. I think, you know, I, I look forward to a future where we're baby force and, and, and your two kids are, are solving the world because of their access to technology that, that you and I and, and your wife and my wife, we didn't quite have. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a whole lot different. Like I, I was, I missed messages from a friend of mine. Why? Because baby force knows how to dismiss text messages and mark them as read on my cell phone. Nice. Now, uh, that I think she must have been born with that inherent ability. I, I often joke with my my parents, uh, my nephew, I call him tech support. Like when they have a problem, I, there is nothing more frustrating in this world than having to try to provide tech support over the phone uh, to friends and family. I mean, it's one thing, like I came from the business where uh, I did have to do this. And with people that you don't know, it actually, you know, it wasn't always that easy, but friends and family like this, no, 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 I, I hear what you're saying. No, you're not doing what I'm asking you to do. But it gets to the point where I say his tech support coming over. Cause I know my nephew who he isn't even in high school yet can go over and probably fix everything. He knows all their logins, their passwords. Uh, he can go and rewire the world. 
Now, he could probably do a whole lot more than I can. And I wouldn't think I'm a technology neophyte. It's just he can do it. Now, Baby Force, she's even more advanced. I mean, she can go and like change the channel on the TV. Uh, she can go and find the appropriate YouTube video that she wants to watch. And this all sort of ties into the secret that is now out of the bag. Yes, Baby Force has access to a tablet and to a phone. And we do allow her, you know, the ability to use screen time. Now, whether that's good, bad, or, 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 or not, we're going to talk about that. Um, but uh, there are things that, quite frankly, we can benefit by. And I say we, it's more my wife and I that, you know, a short period of screen time allows us that, you know, we need, still need to get done. Yeah, and it's also sanity. I mean, sanity is a very important thing. It's a hard thing to have all the time when you're a parent. So, I mean, if my kids get up at 6.30 in the morning, I'm probably not going to be able to convince them to go back to bed. I can try, but I'm probably not. So, if they come in and I still need to sleep, which at 6.30 in the morning, most days, I need to sleep. I will say, hey, go turn on Netflix for an hour. Go go watch a show on Netflix. Go watch something. And my kids know they, they have to watch shows that are educational. So, they watch shows that they learn from because we've had that whole experience where a certain show that kids get really addicted to. And I remember asking my son at one point, he'd watched 30 or 40 episodes of it. And I said, well, what do you learn from that show? And he said, I've learned nothing from that show. I think they mentioned time travel once, but I've learned nothing. Now he's very straightforward and honest with, with his answers, but yeah, we try to stay away from that. If we're going to give them screen time, we want to have it some sort of educational screen time. Yeah. What show was it? Do you remember? Yeah, I kind of hate saying it because, you know, it brings nightmares in most of us. But Paw Patrol, you know, he was really into Paw Patrol. Oh, for a and and there is nothing yeah. redeeming about Paw Patrol. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I wonder if the Paw Patrol will make an appearance here. Like, our, the, <clears throat> the poison that Baby Force enjoys incurring is uh, Peppa Pig. Mm-hmm. Peppa Pig to the point that I know more about Peppa Pig than I would have ever imagined that I would know. And I, 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 part of it's cute. Like she, she knows all the characters. Um, she like, she gets so much joy and laughter out of these very short episodes. Um, but everything is Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig. And it's gotten to the point now that, um, we use on demand, like crave on demand. And so, it has like an episodic order and that's the order that baby force wants it to be in. So happens to go and get, you know, like my, my parents sit with her nana and Papa and they might throw Peppa pig on for an episode or two, but see those episodes, they're not crave on demand. It's not the order that baby force wants. And that can actually be somewhat of a detriment. Um, but I, you know, there is science. I sort of want to read an article here from the, the Mayo Clinic. Um, they actually talk about that, uh, you know, children being younger than the age of two are more likely to learn and remember information from a live presentation than they are from a video. And so yeah, baby forces beyond the two part and the videos didn't really kick in until she probably turned to, but at that point, you know, they go on further to say that uh, children can benefit from different types of uh, screen time, whether it be uh, programming things with music or movements and stories. And I, I actually do believe there is value there. It's one of the things that, uh, we found that that baby force really enjoys is is um, wholesome nature programming. Now I need to use that word wholesome because she does like nature programming, but not all nature programming is appropriate to kids. <laughs> A lesson we accidentally learned watching 
planet Earth when it's like, oh, this is a great episode. They've got like the ocean and there's fish and there's birds and that shark just grabbed a seagull and yeah, baby force and knew what happened. So that's not wholesome. Yeah. But there's well, also sort of, uh, there's good stories in that too, though. There's like, you know, the little ground marmot is being chased by some big creature and it looks like he's going to be caught and it looks like he's going to be eaten. And then suddenly the marmot gets away and lives a happy little marmot life for the rest of the episode. So, you know, there's stories of escape and not being eaten by a tiger as well, which yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, it is. I, I just, I, you know, I, I think, I think back to this night. So baby force and I were lying in bed, um, I have this on and she, and it was the first time that I can actually recollect she was upset by what had happened sort of around like TV wise. She was reacting to the bird, like a seagull pelican. I don't remember what bird it was. Yeah. But when that shark came out of the water and had itself some dinner and again, reinforcing the circle of life here, nothing wrong with that. No, nope. uh, baby force not quite understanding why that shark would need to go and do what it did to that bird. So yeah, we, we, we don't watch uh, planet earth anymore. <laughs> to go back to uh, Peppa pig though, my kids did Mandarin classes when they were about a year and a half ago and they did a series of Mandarin hmm. classes and to learn Mandarin to certain parts, they, they use Peppa pig episodes and the Peppa pig episodes hmm. were actually dubbed in Mandarin. And so Apparently, though, in China, like Peppa Pig is a very big counterculture figure and and goes against the government and stuff. So it's quite interesting. All the Peppa Pig I know was Peppa Pig in Mandarin rather than uh, we've never watched it in English. <laughs> Peppa Pig counterculture. Yeah, icon. Google that. No kidding. Or, you know, maybe not. Or if you do, use a VPN. Yes, um, yes. See, don't visit China. And that, but that that ties in though, like the the use of, of learning a second language. I, I you know, I remember uh, I was talking to to this uh, friend of mine. Actually, not this. I don't mean to say that this person, but it's a friend of mine. And uh, you know, she had learned English as I think her third or fourth language, and she had said how when she moved to Canada, her and her family moved to Canada both she and her grandmother learned the language fastest. And it was because they were watching television shows. They actually, you know, had seen previously um, the show that uh, uh, really resonated was I dream of genie, which is an old school one, but I mean, it had been so long foreign syndication. It had, it had been translated. And so they could like, they knew the episodes and they said it could relate to what was being said. Yeah. So. I can totally relate to that. I, I spent some time out of the country once and I was, I was out of the country for six months and I was in non-English speaking countries. And I remember every day at 12 o'clock, Bonanza came on the TV, the old mm. Western show from the fifties. And I swear, mm. like I really missed English at that point. So just seeing Bonanza was enough. So I would make sure I was there at least once or twice a week to catch up on my, uh, my fifties era Bonanza show, which was, which was pretty good. But not in English. Oh, it was was the only thing in English. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah, okay. it was. It was subtitled in in Norwegian actually at that point. But uh, oh. but yeah, so the Nor old Norwegian old west. But yeah. to go on that point, actually, I mean, all of my family in Norway, all the younger kids, they all learned English both through TV and through video games. They would learn all the words from 
having to read video games, which is also, I mean, for our kids learning to read, they want to be able to read subtitles going on the screen. They want to be able to read what characters are saying in that Nintendo game you're playing. So they really want my son. That was probably one of his big things that made him really want to figure out exactly how to read and how early. Yeah. So the, when it comes to screen time though, so I'm, I have a, a daughter who's in, you know, just, just past two. She'll be turning three next year. And as much as I might joke around that she's two going on 28, uh, the, uh, Approximate amount of screen time that science says she should receive is about an hour. But that hour should be high quality programming. Now, whether or not Peppa Pig falls into the category of high quality programming, the, the estimate is about an hour. Now, where this becomes fuzzy is that not all screen time that she gets is is any what I would consider directed at her. There's a lot of indirect screen time. We have televisions. My wife and I might be watching, you know, a television show or something like earlier today, we were watching uh, designated survivor on Netflix, a little bit behind on that. Um, uh, Baby force. She's playing with some of the toys that she got over the holidays. She's not paying attention, but I have to appreciate that the screen is on in occasion. She'll glance and she'll look. Uh, oh, Spider-Man. She's apparently a big Spider-Man. Fan, uh, fan. I didn't ever know this. She bought me uh, Far From Home for the holidays. And uh, when I was watching yesterday, she's like, oh, that's Spider-Man. Oh, go Spider-Man, go. I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. I should probably turn it off now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one hour seems in my mind to be a tough number to limit to. And I, and I it's not to suggest that you know, I, we, my wife and I couldn't go and enforce that, mm. but that one hour would also mean we'd have to enforce a limit on ourselves. And I think that's the harder part. Yeah, it's totally the harder part. It's being present for every second. And I mean, as ideal as you want to be as a parent, as you, you want to be present every second, but realistically you can't, there's times when, you know, you're tired or you're, or you get distracted or, you just want to stare at the wall for 15 minutes and let your kids watch whatever. And so, I mean, I don't think there's much you can do about that. It's kind of human nature. And if we were ideal, if we had all the energy in the world, then yeah, we could be, be present every single second. But sometimes we need a little bit of an escape mechanism and screens become that sometimes. Yeah. The uh, amount of time that your your kids, you would guess on average, get a screen time from a day-to-day perspective any guesses there? I, I'd say under an hour. I mean, we don't do a whole lot of screen time. We we homeschool, so their screen time can very often be in doing math or doing something educational on the iPad. So that can very often be screen mm-hmm. time. Um, but we also play a lot of board games. So that takes up a lot of uh, what would and could be screen time. And also they love Lego. Lego's fantastic. So I would say on the average day, probably under an hour. Now, we don't really keep tight track of it. So uh, mm-hmm. some days it's going to be two hours. Some days it's going to be not, not at all. Some days I'll let them play Nintendo. Some days I won't. It's all completely, yeah, we don't actually keep any hard limits on any of it. It's just sort of, and it's also, you know, if you don't, I mean, if you don't let your kids watch screens at all then they're going to be if you're out of that restaurant and the restaurant has one screen hanging over you know six tables away they're going to be staring there with their mouths open just staring at that screen no matter what's on it and it's always like we've had that experience lately where 
it's going to be U.S. political news or something. You really just don't want to watch, and you don't mm-hmm. want them to watch, and yet they're going to be gaping, gape to mouth. They're going to be staring at that screen. So you know that's the thing. Yeah, and then you raise a good point. I mean, if you completely eradicate and limit, I mean, children, they are experiencing life in many cases. Um, you know, the very first time, what what is old hat to us is completely new uh, to them. And, you know, that, that amazement that they'd have, oh my goodness, what's this? What's that? What am I seeing? It's, it's very easy for them to almost get hooked. Whereas if you were to go and introduce this and they themselves come to the conclusion that, oh, there's much better things that I want to be doing rather than watching TV, they're making that choice themselves. You're almost empowering them to make the appropriate choice. Um, and I, you know, the, the fact that you're you're saying it to, you know, on average, it's probably less than an hour a day is what I would say is amazing because I mean that's where, as a, a child, you know, does get older, there is more more opportunity for them to to consume. They get it, um, and and the fact that yours are more than happy to go and dedicate time into Lego or to a board game is 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 great. I, I do hope that baby force will want to choose things like that. But then there's also, an, this is again, self-serving. I love that. I can sit down and watch a hockey game or a soccer game and baby force wants to sit with me and watch mm. it. I am, I am, you know, I'm probably going to, you know, regret this decision at some point to allow her to watch hockey and soccer and football and all the sports that I love, because I love that. I now have someone else who likes sports as much as I do in this household, even if she has only two and a half. But, uh, you know, it's time that we get to spend together. And I do hope that, you know, as she's older, we'll be able to spend that time not watching a soccer game on TV, but, you know, out on the soccer field, you know, where she's playing or I'm coaching, just kicking a ball or having a good time. Like, that's what I want this to sort of translate into. Right. And yeah, I mean, for me and sports, I think I found them on my own. I wasn't, it wasn't until I was 12 or 13 when I went to my first Canucks game. And then I was like, oh, I, I like this. But it was never something I watched with my parents. My mother was never really a sports fan. And so, yeah, that was something that I found. And now, I mean, I'm sort of beyond my sports years. So it's not something we watch a lot of at home either. I mean, I would probably put on the playoffs when the playoffs happen. But beyond that, we don't really mm-hmm. do a whole lot of sports. So. So yeah, it's about experiences and what you want to share with the kids. And yeah, you go, you go with the sports, and we'll watch. We'll we'll do the BBC Earth. You know, we'll watch hawks eating tigers or whatever the case is. We we may get to that stage. I, that that I could very well see happening. Like, uh, but right now we're at this place where. Um, you know, she gets quite upset if you know the bear is catching up to the the rabbit or. Or whatever it happens to be, I'm, I I love watching you know type of content. You know, it's just like oh, educational almost to me. Um, I had the Knowledge Network on uh, over the course of the holidays, and um, yeah, just then realizing that that other set of eyes that's sitting on the, on the couch next to me here doesn't quite understand some of the things that are going on and then it's like oh man i'm a horrible father so that's let's go put some peppa pig on. so that's the other good point i mean really it's about discussion it's about you know if you have to like i said when my kids are watching i want to have a certain discussion of you know this is what's happening when they're showing you a commercial this is what's happening and sort of get their eyes a little bit open to that idea 
as well. I mean, there's things you don't want them to watch. I don't want them to watch U.S. politics right now. It's like, you know, you can avoid those subjects. They're not really affecting you. And, you know, you can live a good, happy childhood without having to uh, be aware of what's happening too far around you. And I mean, that's not the bigger picture. Granted, you know, within the next few years, they'll learn more and more and be more about the world. But right now, you know, you can limit a lot of that. And that's sort of the key thing. The uh, one thing as well that I, I I wanted to sort of touch on is when it comes to setting limits, I'm going to defer to you. You have much more experience in this, uh, you know, realm than I do. You know, a few more years of, uh, of time spent in. Well, it was than 10, I, I think, right? But I, yeah. Yeah. So going back to the, the Mayo Clinic uh, uh, article here. So I'm going to go through some of the, the discussion on setting limits for older children. You can tell me whether or not they're they're barking up the wrong tree or if they are maybe uh, taking things too lightly. But some of the tips that they provide, first and foremost, is prioritizing unplugged, unstructured playtime. I would suggest that's a very important thing. I don't see why there would be anything wrong with that. Um, in fact, I would hope that as Baby Forest grows up, she does want to do that more. You know, she wants to get on the street, quote unquote, um, not street, but the <laughs> it's a little different these in this day and age when you say get out in the street because it's different. Um, but yeah, that seems to be pretty straight uh, straightforward point in my mind. Okay, second point. Yes, good point. Sorry, <laughs> no worries. You're not. I was I mean, your points. Absolutely good for get, me. Get your points out. Yeah. Okay, uh, create tech free zones or times such as during meal time or one night a week. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, we try okay. We try not to have phones at the table. I mean, I'm not going to say that I never have my phone at the table, but, uh, you know, we will give each other, my wife and I will give each other dirty eyes if we've pulled out the phone and, you know, put that away, put that away. So, yeah, keeping keeping mm-hmm. tech. And generally, I mean, we will also some days on sort of a special day, we'll sit down and watch TV while we're eating, but it's not the regular. It's sort of, you know, we like to sit around the table. We like to all have the conversation and uh, yeah, keep screens off for that time. Discourage use of media entertainment during homework. That's probably fair. The, in this one, I sort of think back, like any time that I used to have, well, maybe again, maybe not so much a TV. I didn't actually have a TV in my bedroom until I was, oh, I bought one, I guess. So I would have been you know, in my college years, but I had a radio. Like I would have, it was the noise. It wasn't that I was listening to it per se. It was the uh, the noise that I almost needed to help me focus on what it was I was doing. Silence always seemed to get me. And that sort of thing. I mean, with kids, it's hard to have them sitting any one spot for too long. I mean, the school system really does that, but it doesn't really. Depending on the kid, it doesn't really work all that well. Um, my kids don't stop moving, so if I try to sit them down for something you would need something like that that can keep their attention and keep them kind of calm and at the table, like you were mentioning. Otherwise they're bouncing all over the place and it's sort of a jungle gym and Mm -hmm. yeah. Homework. No, uh, set, set in a force daily or weekly screen time limits and curfews, such as no exposure to devices or screens one hour before bedtime. Okay. Um, I don't, I can't do so much on limits. I mean, we haven't hit that milestone yet. We haven't had the kids say, I want to watch this and this and this, or I'm just playing this video game. I'm playing Minecraft for the next 16 hours. You know, we haven't hit those things yet. Our kids are generally pretty much, if 
when we let them watch screens, they're very thankful for it. And when we tell them to turn it off, usually they'll turn it off. So I haven't had to do limits or anything yet. We'll see. Yeah, we, I wouldn't say we have limits, but we will set like a specific, almost, I guess, a use limit. Like with, with Baby Force, it's like, okay, you know, you can watch Baby Pig for 30 minutes. And we do keep track of the 30. The problem is the two and a half year old time is not a thing. relative to yeah, 30 like, minutes is forever. You know, yeah, pretty much. I mean, she, her concept of time is it's dark or light outside. That's night and day. That's, that's 30 minutes was day, mm-hmm. right? Like, and those things, you're so not it's really difficult. sleeping, you know, you got to make sure that one's in solid too. Cause during the summer when it's all late, during the winter when it's all dark, we, we had to train them very quickly. Whether it's dark or light out doesn't mean anything to do with sleep time or bedtime. It's just, it is. Yeah. Uh, Considering using apps that control the length of time a children can use a device. See, I would think that if that, if you had gotten to that stage, the it's a, you're dealing with a problem. You've, you know, like. I think it's a lot about a, it's about teaching them. It's about giving them the sort of the confidence and the educational value to actually use their devices properly. And I think, yeah, what you're saying to me, that feels like I would be, I've sort of failed in teaching them how to use their devices and they're suddenly getting, like you say, a problem. And that's the only time I would ever limit. If you have education and trust with your kids, I I think, you know, locking their devices would be a trust issue. Definitely would would not be something I would want to do, but in an extreme case, then yeah, absolutely. I guess we'd, we'd look at that. Yeah. And I, I would concede, like I, I, I view that as being like, if it was like uh, the result, I'm, I'm very cause and effect. So like with, with baby force, even with my, my nephews, it's always, you know, this will be the result if this continues or this does not stop. You know, you, you have the choice here. You can choose to do this, this, or this, but just so you know, door C results in this. And I don't block. When you when you go through door C, you knew what was behind there. I, I did not, you know, pull it out of a magic hat. Your phone's been taken away, right? Like, and I, uh, to me, that, again, probably for a future episode, but I view that as I'm giving you choices here and understanding if you do, choose poorly which you may or may not do you're gonna live with the but you have to you have to do that even at a limited pace too because i mean you can't rely on that for every single time you need them to make a different decision i mean if you're oh, and i i i will already agree i mean i just on that note so we use the counting uh method with baby force so um how i apply it how my wife applies it, a little bit different um generally the number one gets baby force's attention if it comes from daddy. A few times we've gotten to three and three ultimately results in something. Um, usually her having to sit with me, which <laughs> she doesn't like to do <laughs> when it's that way. Um, uh, just this past weekend though, um, she had said it was time to get a Bubba to go to bed. Um, and uh, my wife did not get up in time, so they forced walked to the kitchen, and it was one, two, three, mama, get up and make me bubba. So she's now throwing it back at the wife. It's 
See, counting is a really interesting psychological thing because, I mean, I think – I'm not even sure. I think we might count 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, maybe. But it's the whole concept of, you know, you throw out numbers and your kids react. And, I mean, what is really going to happen to them? It's not like, you know, we're going to get to 1 and you're going to get beaten with a stick or something. That's not something that happens in this <laughs> day and age. So the whole concept of counting, I mean, it's – would they actually get old enough to test you? And they get to, you know, you go five, four, three, two, and you get to that two, and two's getting close to one, and you think, okay, well, they're gonna, they gotta listen by now. And then they make you say one, and then you're like, okay, well, they're gonna find out that nothing actually happens when we get to zero. And that's sort of the main thing. Ah, see. So, not, I mean, something, oh, I don't bless, something always happens, but it, for me, it'll be like, okay, um, come sit with daddy. Which is punishment, obviously. You're not listening. You're not behaving. Come sit with daddy. Now, she says no. Well, you just lost all the numbers. Like, that's, she's figured out, like, okay, with daddy, here's how I can play this. The problem is she's also figured out, ah, with mommy, I can play it a little bit different. And she's very, you know, I'm amazed by how intelligent she is at two and a half. This is probably quite common, but she knows you know who's at the at the table and who's dealing oh yeah and it's only gets worse so. at three and four and as you go up so absolutely the uh back to the list here uh require your children to charge their devices outside of their bedrooms at night so baby force has a tablet okay. i bought an amazon fire tablet um it got pulled out when we were on the plane to maui um, simply because when you're on the plane for six hours, there's only so much one can do. Um, and uh, we decided that this was going to be brought out as needed because the, the other thing that we didn't want to occur is us irritating every single person on that plane because that makes for a long six hours. Um, it has not been brought out since. So that $30 investment was for a trip. <laughs> But for thirty dollars, it's not the worst. Okay. Well, I will say on both of those notes, you you do survive after both of those things. We took our son to Europe when he was eighteen months old, and it was a seven-hour flight. And getting up in the air, he started crying about fifteen minutes in, and he didn't stop crying for the next seven hours. And as those parents, Ooh. I mean, yeah, you think you think that's that's annoying to people around. It's really much worse on the parents. And we did everything. We danced. We went out in the we went into the plane's galley and we danced with our child for five plus hours. And finally, we were both going close to insane. And he finally quieted down and went to sleep. But it was six hours into a flight. And at that point, I sat back out of my seat and I remember we were flying to the Netherlands and. A little old Dutch lady turned around and looked at me and, and rolled her eyes and went, oh, and I just about jumped over the seat and strangled this poor little Dutch lady. Because, you know, yeah, you don't do that. We all have our we have our experiments, experiences. And then also on the on the later flight with our kids being much older, getting that screen in front of them the entire time. Uh, that's where my daughter got introduced to Paw Patrol. And that was also horrible because then suddenly she wanted to watch that every mm -hmm. day because there was nothing else to do on a flight and they refused to sleep. So six hours straight of Paw Patrol was, uh, was where she got that. And yeah, no, no thumbs up there. Yeah. The, it'll be interesting the next 
subsequent trips that we go on as she gets older um, with the the device, I our, our preference would be books and things. The difficulty is that right now, um, her interpretation of books is you read the same book over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I, you know, for sanity purposes, six hours of uh, the shy little puppy or kitten or whatever the heck book happens to be the flavor of the moment. I can only do so much. Uh, Back to the point though. uh, And that's also a thing. I mean, isn't it always how you can get all the good books, but then it's the one book that you really don't want to read. And that's the one that they want you to read over and over and over and over and over again until you're, again, you're going pretty much insane. Mm-hmm. The uh, point, though, was uh, requiring your children to charge with devices outside of their Yeah, so going back to the point, I mean, uh, I don't have any real experience with that. Our kids don't have their own devices. It's not uh, – and again, mm-hmm. it comes down to education and trust. And if they were misusing the devices, then yeah, okay, I would I would look at that. Otherwise, I'm not too worried about it at this point in time. And, I mean, that could be different in another five years. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. and I – you know – uh, my phone is charged here in the den by my computer, not in our bedroom. Like I, uh, I remember having this conversation with someone at work. Like, well, what happens if someone has to reach you? Then call my house number. If it's that important, you have my house number. We have a phone in our bedroom. Call the house line. My cell phone. And that's a solid else. point as well. I mean, it's recommended that not even like adults should have their devices in their bedroom with them. It, and you shouldn't be staring at them before you go to bed because it cuts down on your real deep sleep and your ease to get to sleep even. So keeping your own devices charging in a different room is probably a good idea. But again, the whole calls, and I mean, you say you have a landline. I haven't had a landline in 10 years anyway. So, you know, that is how people get hold of me. Yeah. Well, no, and I, and I see, I did, that's where my, if we didn't have a landline, it might be different. Like I, I would probably look to concede that, okay, the cell phone may have to make a, an appearance in the bedroom, but even then, I like I, I have my phone automatically go on yeah. DND. So at eleven o'clock at night, there are only a select number of people who can get through that um, that mode, even if it was an emergency, right? Like it's I'm using the technology to prevent people from from, from reaching me. Anyhow, um, keep screens out of your child's bedroom. So you had a television as a kid, so you yeah. were a cool kid. I did not until I was in college. And I turned out, you know, not too criminally insane, so it's probably a good thing. But at the same time, we don't generally let our kids take the iPad into their bedroom or anything like that. We want to see them, see where they're at, see what they're doing with it at this point in their mm-hmm. in their development. I mean, my son's seven, my daughter's five. So, you know, a few years down the road, we'll see where that goes. But at this point, yeah, I, I don't, I have no experience there. Limit your own screen time. I'm going to concede. I'm failing this. Like, this is, this is tough. There are, there are. There is a lot of content that I enjoy watching. Now, I don't watch as much as I did prior to the arrival of Baby Force, but I, my wife and I still watch a number of different shows together. And, and it is difficult because, one, our daughter, and there's there are nights when she is still awake and I'm going to bed. Uh, she is a night owl. <laughs> so if my wife and I are to watch something together, there is a good chance baby force is awake that's fair yeah um we tend to well a i think i i can't limit my screen time because i don't think i have enough of it anymore we certainly do watch 
certain shows as well. And uh, we tend to binge those every now and then. We don't keep up to date on very many things. Um, I would like more video game time, but you know, there's not enough time in a day. Sometimes you got to parents and all of the things. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, if my own screen time was anywhere where it was when I, before I had kids where, you know, back in the days of VCRs, we had a VHS tape for each day of the week and we would set it up and tape a five or six shows mm-hmm. and we would get to that. And, and yeah, we don't have the patience. I mean, a, we like quality, which there is either more of or less of these days, depending on how you look upon it. Or maybe our tastes weren't as refined 10 yeah. or 12 years ago. And, you know, there's a lot more, but we don't have time to watch it all. So we certainly have certain things that we like to watch. And beyond that, we don't pick up new ones all that often. See, I, I couldn't imagine growing up in a world where I couldn't watch uh, Beverly Hills 90210 on Party <laughs> of Five on, I think it was like Thursday nights. Um, and then ER. I think if I, I'm trying to, so completely off the rails here. Uh, just after high school, my girlfriend at the time, she ended up going up to UNBC. Uh, and so uh, I still went over to her place and watched, I want to say Beverly Hills, 90210 and ER with her <laughs> mom. Nice. So I essentially filled the role of her daughter and watched the. the and that's an ex now, of course. Yeah. I really enjoyed ER. Yeah, I enjoyed ER. I, I will admit I enjoyed ER as a series. The got a little rough at the end, but I did. Yeah, I actually show. used to have a weekly ER date once upon a time, but uh, but yeah, that was a long time ago. But uh, before we we take a break and, and get a little nerdy here, I think uh, you know what's an important lesson that I'm taking is that it that you have to teach um, the behavior, right? Like it's not something that 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 kids would just inherently know and. Well, you can go and, and have a conversation and talk to them about it. A lot of it, I think, comes down to modeling the behavior because, you know, I it's not screen related at all, but Baby Force mimics. She does what we do. We were out for a walk just this uh, past weekend down by the Fraser River, and I put my foot up on the edge of sort of the, the, the float that we were on, on the water, on the river, and... What does Baby Force do? Does the exact same thing. And that's what it really clued into me that, wow, she is so observant that she is wanting to replicate everything that daddy does or that daddy says. So then it has me thinking bigger picture here. What other habits do I not want her to pick up that I do all the time and tying into our topic today? Could it be that, you know, me playing Overwatch all the time or, you know, reading on, you know, different uh, feeds that I follow on my computer or watching TV is she observing all and thinking that that's what people do. And it has me rethinking. And yeah, I think that's a very um, common thought. I mean, growing up myself, I, I went and sort of, I had sort of the opposite. I was like, you know, my parents did this and it turned out bad for them. So I'm not going to do that. But I think in our cases where we're not doing anything inherently dangerous or bad, I think, yeah, you have to really be aware of the image you're putting out for your kids. And even in those moments when you're tired and you don't want to do anything except for sit down on the couch and stare at the TV, you have to sort of think of how that looks and what you're watching and what they're going to see you watching. And yeah, you're modeling everything. So yeah, absolutely. 
as we sort of wrap up this bit and before we get nerdy, is there anything else that you wish to to share with you? Again, you, you got years of experience that I don't hear. I'm I'm learning about it each and every day. You're the you're the sage veteran here. Again, I, I mean, we run down the middle. We don't cut the screens out entirely. I mean, I do know people that do that, and that's a little too extreme for me. I mean, in this in this day and age with our kids, they're going to have screens in front of them, and it's best that we can really teach them how to use it and how to think about it, and not just binge and be addicted to it all and and be unsafe later on when they don't actually know how to use them properly so yeah it's about communication education i mean that's really all all the subject is to me your listeners i'm curious what you do and how you approach uh, screen time yourselves um if you can shoot us a, a tweet on twitter it's nerdy dadcast or drop us an email feedback at nerdydadcast.com um, i genuinely want to know uh, sort of your approach how you've handled it how you are handling anything that you might uh, agree or disagree with uh, let us know but we're going to take a quick break uh before we get a little bit nerdy So before we smash that uh, record button, uh, we were talking a little bit about what, what nerdy things have we been up to? And you had mentioned that uh, you've been playing the new uh, Star Wars game. I believe it's Star Wars. I Final. have been playing it. I've been playing a little bit. I, I want to get into it more. Um, I've played probably the first 45 minutes of it, and it's actually really good and intense. And uh, certain things I don't really expect from a Star Wars game because there's been so many of them, and a lot of them haven't been any of that. Yeah. Well, I, I one of the gaming communities that I'm part of, they actually shared sort of a, a thought process on Fallen Order that more and more people who are playing are like, oh, I'm genuinely impressed by this game. Um, I, I think if we think of all the different Star Wars games that are out there, I believe the one that uh, has continued to be sort of top of the table is Knights of the right. Old Republic. Um, and then from there, it sort of trickles down. Uh, there are some that say Fallen Order is going to give, you know, Kotor or run for its money. I'm just looking at sort of some quick reviews here like uh, on google it's got a 94 percentage of people that like the game steam has it at a nine out of ten uh gamestop a four and a f- four and a half out of five which is a nine out of ten like uh you know it's getting huge numbers and you know all things considered the thing that people are are sharing qualitatively is that you know they are having an absolute blast and that's almost universal hardcore fans they enjoy it People who kind of know the the story like I do, they're enjoying it. And if people are completely new, they're enjoying it too. And I think that's that's what's important is you're getting all sort of archetypes of, of players playing the game and each are equally enjoying it. I don't have it, um, only because I don't know where I would find the time to play that's it fair. right now. It's, my rotation is is pretty light as it is and my world revolves around Overwatch because of uh, another podcast gig that I have trying to stop right. top of things. But but you've in, uh, you've invested uh, some some time and I mean, what is it about the game that uh, you enjoy the most? So far, it's got a really good story. It's actually you know, and that's an interesting thing you bring up where the reviews are all good. And I mean, as we know right now from the world around us, Star Wars review, reviews are sort of very mixed. People are very uh, arguing about it, not really sure on one side or the other. So with this game, the reviews being all on the good side are that's pretty impressive, honestly. And so yeah, just to start out um, as the story sort of unfolds i don't want to do any spoilers or anything so much but uh it's really kind of intense the the first little bit you're you're on this like junk planet and you're climbing up these massive pillars and it's just it's really you can fall off at any point it seems very real and then 
when the first when the first when the story first comes into it, it's actually yeah, it seems good so far. So I can't give too deep a review because, like I said, I've only played the first forty five minutes, and uh, as I mentioned last last episode, I think you know I can get uh, sidetracked on these things and go off and search for little things that aren't actually part of the game or shouldn't I shouldn't be wasting my time on. But I yeah. do, I do. That's just the way it works. Uh, you, you need to see me play uh, any of the Diablo yeah. series. I'm that guy who goes and picks up every single piece of copper that hits the ground. Um, every you know dungeon, I have to uncover every square centimeter of of the map before I'll actually continue. It drives drives people nuts. So this is that sounds like the type of game that I would I would never finish, not because I don't want to, because I just simply run out of time and then find myself moving to something else. Fair enough. So I haven't I haven't played Fallen Order. As I said, it's not something that's made in my rotation, but I did do something Star Wars related over the course of the holidays, you know, and saw the, uh, the new movie. Right. Now, uh, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to concede right now. I don't know how to talk about the movie without spoiling some of it. So if you have yet to see the movie at this point in time, you probably want to go and like skip near to the end. Uh, Cause I, I won't go, you know, it's not going to go and ruin it for anyone, but I, I have some thoughts. And I kind of want to share them. Okay, go with your thoughts. So uh, the movie, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I, going into it, I, I was actually worried because of the number of sort of reviews that had come out that had completely um, uh, destroyed it. So I, I went in like with maybe lower expectations. Maybe that's why I enjoyed it for what it was. But I thought it was okay. Like I, I you know, it's no different than any of the uh, the other, well, no different than the more recent three, though I, I I wish it was better. And I think that's a pretty solid uh, review to it. I mean, we sat through it, and I sat there the whole time thinking, I want to like this. I want to like this. I want to like this. And yet, by the end, all I could sort of say was, well, meh. And yeah, I got there, and it went to where you thought it was going to go, and that was pretty much it. I would have liked to have a, some surprise or something, but there really wasn't. And and sort of as I as I pour over afterwards, I sort of like it less and less, and just all the plot holes and sort of yeah. easy fixes for everything. It just seemed, yeah, it was disappointing to me. So so yeah, that's where I'm at on it. I want to go back and watch it again. You know, when well, it comes out, when we get it on Disney Plus you know, three months from now or something and I'll watch it again. But, uh, but yeah, for now I've got the very yeah. meh on it. Well, you know, we talked before we hit record and I mentioned like, I'll, I'll use the role of Lando Calrissian in the movie. Lando was used in such a way that it felt like they looked around to see who have we not brought into this movie from episodes four, five, and six that we probably should give some screen time to, and let's make and it who's still alive. And yeah. And who's still alive. Um, and that pretty much everyone who would have been made it in. In fact, I'm not going to spoil it, but there are some other four, five, six cameos <laughs> that just showed up. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, I'm here. Okay. Like, it, it almost felt to me that they took four, five, and six and decided, you know, they, you know, George Lucas, he, he was on some on gold here. So what we're going to do is we're going to take that gold and we're going to go and polish it up and we're going to repurpose it as new gold and people are going to love it. Yeah, I sort of had the whole, you know, they didn't really have a plan. 
And the whole, originally how it was going to be, the first one was JJ, and then they were going to do another director for the next one, another director for the next one. There wasn't really a solid plan. It's sort of like when you pass a note around in a classroom or something, and each person writes a line down, and then you pass it on to the next person. You see where the story goes. That's kind of what this felt like. And so to go to the second one, to go to The Last Jedi, where it was kind of game-changing, and you know a lot of fanboys screamed about it and hated it, mm-hmm. and so this really did. I mean, it seemed a lot like a course correction, and a lot of what they did in the second one, they sort of, although they say they didn't, they kind of really did just nullify it in this one, and yeah, it seemed, it seemed meh. That's all I can say about it, really. I don't know if I, I may have thought, given it enough thought, I haven't got to that stage where I'm sort of revisiting, like, ah, okay, it really wasn't as good as I thought. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, outside of the fact that it did have its Marvel moment, which when you watch this movie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, especially if you've watched uh, uh, Avengers Endgame and what Marvel has done to the the moments in, in movies. Um, one final thought uh, on Star Wars. Uh, you think they're going to go and have another trilogy? Because originally Disney did suggest that they were going to go and have episodes 10, 11, and 12. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, and hopefully they can do better with it. I don't know. <laughs> hopefully they can get away from just the meh reviews and get the game the game reviews where it's all 95%. Well, I, mean, I haven't caught, uh, watched The Mandalorian yet. It's getting yeah. good reviews. Um, arguably, uh, Rogue One got got really good reviews. Like, I, I can see them expanding on the Star Wars story um, without having to do the episodes, you know, 10, 11, 12. Or if they were to do a 10, 11, 12, maybe no longer being tied to the quote-unquote Skywalker saga, which is what we saw episodes one through nine as being. Well, they paid a truckload of money for it, so they're going to want to milk it until, you know, our grandchildren's grandchildren will still be watching the movies. So it'll go past our lifetimes. It'll live long beyond us. And that's about all we can, you know, just hopefully they make them a little bit better. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, 15, 20 years from now, they'll announce the new trilogy. People will line up at Episode theaters, 37. Uh, parked in their Volkswagen Vanagons. <laughs> episode one, I went, I remember when I went to see a different movie. It wasn't episode one that I went and saw, but the lineup was there and there were people who had their Volkswagen Vanagon with a Jenny running and like an old school TV with a VCR watching like um, episode four in it. And people all huddled around all doing cosplay and all that. In fact, the last time I can recall people lining up at a theater to watch a movie was uh, episode And that one. was before the internet. Right? Boy, were they in for yeah. a shock. That was on the, the edge of the internet. So, I mean, <laughs> things have changed since then, for sure. I still have my like promotional yeah. magazine that they gave with episode one when I went to see it. It's still sitting in a drawer somewhere, yeah. and I will burn it or sell it on eBay at some point. I still can't believe that Jar Jar uh, was the Emperor. Yeah, who would have known that he was behind Snoke? I mean, that, that was a big reveal. Mm-hmm. And so that was the one brave move they made, yeah. honestly. Other than that, it was all pretty by the numbers. You know, there's a few people right now who didn't, you know, listen to the spoiler alert or those that did who are now like, what, what, what? They'll have to go figure it out themselves. I mean, we, we, we could very well be doing a disservice to those who have yet to see it or to those that have and didn't pay close That's attention right. to the end. Um, as we wrap this episode up, though, uh, we will be back in our regular two-week cadence. You'll see an episode uh, show up uh, the second week of 2020 can't believe it's already 2020. Like uh, 20 years ago was Y2K. The world was going to shut down, you know, essentially 20 years ago. And you'll be able to listen to whether Chris and, and yet you'll be able to listen to Chris and I debate over whether it's a new decade or not. I mean, is 2020 the new decade or is it 2021? <laughs> These are important things to fight about. So we're going to do that. 
Oh, of course. The, you know, heaven forbid there be like uh-huh. real issues, real like, issues. you know, climate yeah. change or anything like that, right? Oh, but uh, if you haven't done so already, our hope is that you do drop us a, a subscribe in whatever your favorite podcast app happens to be. We're pretty much accessible by every single podcasting platform out there. And if we're not, let me know and I'll, I'll make sure to, to get us included. Now, how do you reach us? Well, going to nerdydadcast.com is by far the easiest place to go. It's got all of our details, but if you wanted to reach myself on Twitter, it's at Lightforce, and uh, John is at John Brasnes. B-R-E-I-S-N-E-S. And more easy than that is just going to at Nerdy Dadcast, and that's both of us. Uh, And Facebook, Facebook.com slash Nerdy Dadcast, and we're pretty much everywhere. Email address, feedback at nerdydadcast.com, and if you recall earlier, when it comes to screen time, how do you handle it? John and I want to know. We would love to, to get some of your, your feedback so that we can talk about that. Last, if you happen to drop us a review, I have made this pledge on every podcast that I have hosted, and this is no different. I will read your review verbatim. Zero to five stars, five out of five stars matters not. I will read it. Just bear in mind that by providing us a review and us reading it, it also gives us an opportunity to thank you for it. If it's good, we'll probably thank you quite sincerely. And if it isn't so good, we'll thank you equally. It's also a good time to practice our reading skills. So, I mean, that'll be good as well. Everybody wins this situation. I can have Uh you. (laughs) But any final words of wisdom you want to share with our our millions of listeners? I think actually I'm just going to go and stare at a screen for a while. So I, I don't have any, all the wisdom will be sapped out of me as I stare at that screen. Yeah, well, I've been staring at the screen watching your, uh, you know, handsome face this That's entire true. hour. So really, I, I feel like there you go. the most constructive That's hour. Good hour of screen time. Awesome. Well, I will wrap this episode up by asking all of you, stay nerdy, my friends. <laughs>